Buckle that belt. The neighbor is already threatening to call the cops. He's pissed. If you get anxious, man, you just pop these little guys. People out here looking like Paul Feinbaum trying to tell us what to do with our hair. In my overserved state, I went to the wrong house. No, it was the right house. Okay. Dive bar means the beer is cold, the drinks aren't too expensive, and the hamburgers are great. They are a unified front in doing their very best to keep me between the proverbial navigational beacons. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to the Marty Smith Podcast here at Outsider. I'm Marty Smith. Wes Blankenship's in the house. Travis Rockhold. It's a cast of thousands. It's a cornucopia of bad decisions. And we have had quite a week, my friends. Uh, I was at the Indianapolis 500 for five days. Um, Had an amazing experience there. Memorial Day was wonderful. I appreciated everybody's show of support for our veterans who died for our freedom. Uh, It's a beautiful day of remembrance and and celebration. Uh, Lake Norman was absolutely wild. There were 400 29,221 boats out there and uh we had to yeah we i did uh actually that's a that's a recount because when i got over to uh our there's a place around the cove here called hello sailor where we'll get on the boat as a family and we'll make our way over to hello sailor and they got an awesome menu and laney and i love to have a couple beers there we'll get us a cold coors light with a lime in it and uh a lime in your Coors Light? Yeah, man. Don't knock it till you try it, dude. Everybody's like, oh, I love lime in my Corona. I love lime in my Modelo. But they don't say that about the I mean, Coors they made Light a Bud Light beers. lime. It doesn't matter. You can I don't put, put lime in, in any of my beers. Well, you don't. Travis, you look like a stop sign, brother. Do you uh, forget to apply some no, so SPF? For me, it'll turn. I just, I didn't expect my Sunday to turn out the way my Sunday turned out. All I'm, right, well, first of all. I think maybe we should just start right there. Why don't you explain to us why you look like a bottle of ketchup? You're about as red as Marty's <laughs> so coffee mug. You look like a, a fr- bottle of ketchup with legs. <laughs> a friend of mine that I hadn't seen since probably college hit me up, and he's like, hey, I'm in town for my bachelor party. I'm like, all right, hit me up. The most Nashville so- sentence I've heard in the last 20 minutes. <laughs> Did y'all get on a tandem bicycle? and? Did y'all get on one of, those, uh, one of those deals where you pedal for your beer? You know, where you pedal around town and they got taps of beer. And I don't know who came up with that. And I don't know how in the hell the business is so successful. Somebody's got everybody snowed. I think the Wright brothers. <laughs> they may have down there in Kitty Hawk. That might uh, have been uh, right after the aeroplane. They put a couple old buddies on a, on a white covered wagon and made their way around town. Remember when the Chili's logo was like it actually had like a face, it had like sunglasses on it, and had like a little smirk? That's what Travis well, looks he, like right I now. Mean, you look like that old Chili's this, logo. Uh, there's this little button down uh, right beneath Wesley's face that says "Leave Studio," and it is as red as possible. <laughs> and I'm getting to, I can't, I'm struggling to tell the difference between Travis's nose and the "Leave Studio" button. Yeah, don't click on Travis. Could be the button. What'd you do? <laughs> Pass right, out, ahead, wasted? Travis. What happened? No, so they, they're like, oh, we're going to go to brunch in the Gulch. And I'm like, well, where at? I live there. And they, the place they said, I'm like, I live across the street. So uh, they hit me up for, and so I joined them for brunch. And I'm expecting, all right, have brunch. And then I'm going to go back home and have a nice lazy day watching, you know, more racing. And they're like, all right, where are we going next? You're a tour guide. And I'm like, all right, I guess we're, we're going for it. And so I took them to 6 and Peabody, which is also the old Smokey and Yeehaw um, place. 
and it was going slow. Everyone else was like licking their wounds, and then the um, the groom to be said, "We need to do some shots to liven everybody up." Oh, I Lord. said, "Okay." It's the worst sentence ever. Like it's just so <laughs> stupid. Yeah. So his first choice, I'm like, you know, there's a they have Old Smoky has all different flavors. He goes, "No, I want the OG. I want the White Lightning." I'm like, "All right." You're, I mean, he's the one buying the first round, so I'm not gonna say no. And then we proceeded to take more shots, though. And there's this one strawberry one that tastes like a damn Jolly Rancher. Uh, and so there was at least, I think I bought mm, at least. You look like a strawberry Jolly Rancher. I was Rancher. just going to say, I was going to let him finish his sentence. And then I was going to say, you learned by osmosis or something. Like, the, it has permeated your pores <laughs> I think to I the point where like a, <laughs> I you look like, like that roll tide helmet over my right shoulder. Okay, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> Uh, I think I bought like 10 or so shots. The, the, the bar tab was the biggest one I've had since moving. How to much? It was uh two thirty. You had a $230 shot tab. Well, and I had four margaritas, one margarita, Old two smoky. margarita, three margarita floor. And so then they were like, uh, we want to go one more place and we're going to go back home and, um, chain shower and whatever. And so then I took him to Broadway and took him to um, Miranda Lambert's bar on the rooftop. That's your jam, dude. Miranda's dude, bar is Travis's spot. Dude, Every I'm time he you, texts me, that's where he is. If you're a single guy, it's the spot to be. Is and that the, because that's where all the young single ladies go? All yes. the single ladies, all the single ladies? Yes, and there was, you know, there was I think like 10 or 12 um, people here for the bachelor party, and at least half of them were single, so it's like... Let's go where the single girls are. So I'm you can guessing dance. that Miranda may have some sort of edict or rules uh, chart on the door. When they, if, if if you have gray hair, you're unal- you're not allowed to walk into the Miranda yeah. Lambert bar. I don't know, but it's it's that's I probably shouldn't say it because now people are going to be like, oh, that's you know I should have kept that my secret. Well, uh, it's obviously working out real well for you. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> Sunday was. Uh, I got home like I forget I was texting you and I was I was hammered. You were, uh, you were hammered. I was in the middle of actually trying to make a living, and uh, no, that's Marcus, not true. Marcus you were, Erickson, what was I you doing? Were ho- you were home when I texted oh, you. Oh, it was at nighttime. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, hmm. Well, that late Sunday night. I might have to buzz. go back through here because I'm one thousand percent positive that you were texting me as I was still at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, <laughs> Travis, it was 2 p.m. I mean, I was drunk at like 2 p.m., but I texted him and he said, just landed. I, um, I had an awesome day, awesome week uh, at the Indianapolis 500. I, on Thursday and Friday, spent much of my days with Jimmy Johnson, the seven-time NASCAR champion, great friend of mine, been a great friend of mine for years. And I was talking to a bunch of our other friends, uh, Jimmy uh, a bunch of our friends came up there to watch him make his Indianapolis 500 debut, and they were all in a in a box together, in a suite together. And so during the race, I snuck over there and said hello to a bunch of them. And they weren't in I the was, snake pit. Uh, it was not in the snake pit, no, um, no. But the snake pit is wild. I I, I mean, I was this close to making a, an executive fatherly decision to bring my 16 year old son who lives edm music he doesn't love it i mean he he loves edm and i'm like i'm gonna take cameron to the indianapolis 500 with me he can do a little work he can capture some social stuff for me he can 
blah, blah, blah. And then he can go to the go see Skrillex and Fat Rat and Dead Mouse and whoever in the hell else those guys are over there at the snake pit. And let me tell you, I'm so glad I, awesome I'm glad boy. I didn't bring it. Because Make that I'm, his his high school graduation present. You take him then. That would that be a good year. one. Uh, that would be a good one. I would prefer to be with him because some stuff's going on in there that I can't describe on any sort of family type of platform. Uh, but, I mean, I saw things. Leaving the racetrack on Saturday, I saw something. I'll never – Travis, did I ever – did I text you and tell you what I saw? No. Okay, I'll text you too and tell you what I saw because I can't say it on here. Patrick Abrahams, my ace field producer, my brother, one of my best friends – and I were leaving the racetrack on Saturday, and I was, like, in my phone. We were both exhausted, so we were just going to get Uber Eats and go back to the hotel and eat. And It was, like, 9, 10, 9 o'clock at night, somewhere around there. It wasn't dark yet, but it was making its way towards dark. And, dude, we saw something I can't believe I saw. And um, there are some, uh, there, there's some undertones there that you can read into all you wish. And well, I'll tell you, you boys what it is in a private chat. Have you followed that Twitter All account? Right. I can't wait to read the about 500, that. The 500 like picks Twitter account? Yeah, it's hysterical. <laughs> that one lady, man, boy, she was tuned up. Did you see this, Wes, where that lady was trying to – What is it, a it is, Twitter? It's a Twitter Instagram. machine. And this What's the Indy account 500 called? picks. Yep. I think it's P-I-C-S, okay. not P-I-X. Yeah. There's this one lady who's trying to make her way across the – a barren landscape to the port of Porto. Oh Reds. yeah, there's some gold in here. <laughs> and she is chased. She's so hammered, high, drunk. I don't know what all she is. Intoxicated. She looks like a like Jiminy Cricket. She's walking yes. like leaning backwards right now. And and you'll see she goes far even further backwards. She ends up ass over tea kettle. And yep, there she goes. I mean, I don't know how smashed you got to be to get to that place. Holy guacamole. Holds the beer up though. She doesn't spill. That much is of the a, beer. that's true. It's a very it's a redeeming factor in someone's personality and character that they can save the cold beer. It's like when uh it's like when the dads are in the stands at the baseball games and they got little junior right here on sitting on there bouncing on their knee and <laughs> they got a cold beer in the other hand and they decide to catch the baseball with the baby hand instead of the beer hand. See, oh, yeah, I'm convinced that. that that beer hand is what keeps them up for so much longer than when you think they're gonna fall down. That beer is that extra bit of you know, wait to keep them forward a little bit. That's what Travis experiences at the Miranda Lambert bar. Travis, yeah, have you ever held a baby? Uh, yeah. It's a little heavier than a no, beer, I'm, my man. Yes, I'm great with kids, actually. I got oh, five dear. niece and nephews. Um, Those poor kids. Yeah, when, when they're your nieces and nephews, you can give them back. Oh, that's the best part. It's a little, I, I had different, a little different equation than when they're yours. And they're I had a no-diaper policy. Their bad little. decisions become yours in a hurry. Um, Patrick, speaking of Patrick, he made one of the most deft traffic decisions I've ever seen in my life. So we get the Indianapolis 500 was a fast race. I mean, it was started and it was over. And so I forget exactly what time of day it finished, but I think it was around 3.50 p.m., maybe somewhere around in there. I think it was still in the 3 o'clock Eastern hour. And then around 4 o'clock or so, we get down to Victory Lane. And we're going to interview Marcus Erickson, the winner of the Indianapolis 500, directly after he's done with all the Victory Lane stuff. So it's NBC interview with my boy Marty Snyder. 
it's drinking the milk it's getting the the the, the big wreath over your over your sash here whatever you call that deal it's all the hat dance it's all the sponsors it's the u.s air force thunderbirds taking a picture it's the Kissing guy the in maverick and t- new maverick top gun movie over here it's this celebrity over here it's the trio that sang america the beautiful or god bless america one i forget but oh my gosh i don't know if y'all saw pre-race pre-race was i had chills all over me the whole time uh it's the it's the coolest pre-game experience that there is and the uh, people singing was it was a girl named tom those were the three that was the trio yeah Man, they slayed. They absolutely slayed. And I'm standing there right beside of uh, my producer. I'm standing right there beside some other friends of mine. And all of us are looking at each other going, oh, my gosh, I got chills all over my body. And it was 100 degrees outside. And I was wearing a red, white, and blue seersucker. We can get to that in a minute. But back to Marcus Erickson. So we're standing there waiting, and he comes over to us. I asked him three or four questions, including the final question, which was, uh, Marcus, how do you say cold beer in Swedish? And he answered me, and I said, well, that's really good, brother. Why don't you go get you one of those? You earned it. How do you say it? Cold I, – I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I did know Patrick's girlfriend is named Tina, and she's from Estonia. And their cold beer is kind of similar to the Swedish cold beer. And so Patrick knew how to say it perfectly. And so he taught me, but I failed miserably. I, I can't remember. But it's like cold ooh or something like that. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Marcus said it beautifully. So we get done with that, and then we are gone. I have a 7.30 flight. At this point, it's like 5-something. And... Everybody had told me, even though there's going to be 350,000 people at the Indianapolis 500, that they had egress, just money, no problem. The way they do, they've done this for 100 years. Cars will be rolling. Race has been over for an hour and a half, something like that. And so we get to the car and gridlock. I mean, parking lot, gridlock. And so we're trying to do our best Post, you know, we're pretty good at post game, and Patrick is elite at post game traffic. But we're not going anywhere. Like we can't figure out what's going on on Georgetown, right beside Indianapolis Motor Speedway, to the point where he is looking at his GPS deal, and he goes, "Here's what we're going to do, dude. We're going to go back into the racetrack. We're going to go right up here, and back into the racetrack, all the way through the racetrack to 16th on the other side." I went, "No, no, no. We shouldn't do that." You should never go back inside the racetrack. That's a terrible decision. We're going back inside the beast. Boys, the man takes a right. Uh, the state police, uh, state policeman lets us go right in, no problem. And the yellow shirt loses his ever-loving mind. Ah! And then like, we're like, whoa, bro. And so then he just he starts going. He's all pissed off pointing us through there or whatever. So we're like, whatever, dude. So... They, the, the yellow shirts, they, they, um, if you've never been in the Indianapolis 500 and you've not had the great pleasure of meeting the yellow shirts, you should go. And what, uh, for people who maybe haven't been, don't understand is it's, there's a neighborhood of right outside the track. Like it's residential. Like it's not like it's just like at some of these, you know, football arenas and stuff where it's the highways are right there. Like you're, it's residential. 
Oh yeah, I mean it's not, I mean it was built. I mean th- th- this was the 106th running. So anyway, the the gentleman wearing the yellow shirt uh, uh, very demonstratively points us into the tunnel. So into the tunnel we go, and we drive all the way past. I mean Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I don't. There's some statistic, and Travis, you can look this up and tell me I'm wrong. It's something like you can fit. Every Big Ten stadium inside Indianapolis Motor Speedway, something crazy like that. And so yeah, you have a golf course. They in do there. have a golf course in there. And so we drive all the way through. We go out the tunnel to 16th. We hook a left on 16th, and it just so happens like one minute after, and, and traffic's rolling. It just so happens one minute after uh, we get on 16th, there is an ambulance that comes. And so we get in behind the ambulance and go. And then we end up the first right we can take, we did it. I had already called Laney when we were sitting in that traffic. I was already starting to lay the groundwork bricks to the disappointment that would come with, I'm not going to make it home tonight. Because if I would have missed that 730, I probably would be just be getting home now. Like some of my friends were on a 6.30 a.m. Monday on Memorial Day that was delayed three and a half hours by maintenance. Oh, no. So just a complete mess. I not only made the flight, I made it in time to have a beer before the flight. Patrick's, I mean, the man is an absolute marvel. He is like the man. Not only is he the best field producer, uh, like so creative, but he's also a wonderful soul and he is fearless in, all right, we're just going to do this deal. He told me he, his blood pressure never changed. Mine. Meanwhile, you two know me pretty well was pinned. Sometimes after you watch a race like that, you have a little extra confidence. Like you can pull off some of these maneuvers too. And maybe Patrick was just riding on some of that lightning. I have never had that level of confidence, Wesley. That is a good point, though. When I after I watch like F one or something, I feel like I shouldn't be allowed to drive for at least thirty minutes. Like it's the pool rule for driving. Like after a race, you shouldn't drive for thirty minutes. Like calm down. Or after you drive a golf cart, yeah. for eighteen holes, you pull some maneuvers out there too. You're like, wait a second, I'm I'm on an actual road right now. This could put me in jail. I'm with Wes. We need a rule, thirty minute rule for driving. Cool down yeah. period. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> So, I, so how was uh, your Saturday morning when you eating turkey legs and drinking so early in the morning? It was amazing. Uh, back, going back to Patrick. I mean, that's all him. He, he put together one of the most epic Marty and McGee programs ever. We made the decision on Friday. Like, he looked at me and he's like, how should we open Marty and McGee? And I'm like, I'll tell you what I think we should do. I think we should get two chairs and set them in gasoline alley and be there when the sun comes up. It would be the most amazing thing ever. And – so we plotted this whole strategy. We're going to go here. We interviewed five champions. Uh, we interviewed Jimmy Johnson. We interviewed Scott Dixon, six-time IndyCar champion, 2008 Indy 500 champion, was the absolute class of the field on Sunday before he sped on pit road and uh, thwarted his effort to win a second Indianapolis 500 alongside his teammate Alex Palo, the 2021 IndyCar champion. We left them and went over to interview Joseph Newgarden, a champion of the sport. We left there and went over to the American Legion garage with Tony Kanaan, 
and a guy named Dave Birkenfeld, who is a Navy SEAL and is an amazing human being, and they have a cool program we should just take a moment to mention. It's called Be the One. I did not realize that 17 veterans take their life every day. 17 every day. And this program that the American Legion put together on, on TK's car and for the Indianapolis 500 is called Be the One. And what that means is be the one that makes the difference. Reach out to the veteran or be the veteran that makes the decision to get the help. Be the person that is a good enough friend and a good enough confidant and whatnot to, to reach out to these folks and build them up spiritually and help them. And it's an, it's an amazing program. I think it's so cool that they're doing it. And uh, I went to a, an event on Friday evening with Jimmy, or Thursday evening maybe, with Jimmy Johnson. And the uh, American Legion put that event on at one of the distilleries in uh, Indianapolis. And it was an awesome event. And I learned so much about what they're doing and how they're trying to help. And it's just a cool program. So... If y'all have friends who are veterans, be fearless to reach out to them and and try to just be a be a a beacon for them and and listen and engage because they may need it. Anyway, uh, interviewed TK and Dave, and then we left there and we went out to a, a campground and spent the rest of the morning with this family, Larry's gang, whom. Patrick and I had met the previous day. We went and tried to find the best campground we could find on Friday evening. And uh, sure enough, man, this family was awesome. Larry, uh, the patriarch of Larry's gang, his first Indianapolis 500 was in 1948. And Jesus. there were four generations of that family at this campground. It was, we put Larry on TV and just let him, kind of, we just kind of pulled the string and let him go. And we had been trying desperately to encapsulate the spirit of the Indianapolis 500 because it's so much more than just that race. It's this beautiful display of patriotism. It's this beautiful display of remembrance for our military members who paid the ultimate sacrifice, who died so that we could be free. It is back home again in Indiana. It is America, the beautiful. It is taps, and when they play taps, you just have chills all over you. It's just an amazing sensory experience to be at the Indianapolis 500. And we, we were trying. We tried desperately to encapsulate that and articulate that. And then we put a microphone in Larry's hand. I mean, he, it was amazing listening to that guy. And so... Not only did he make our show better, but they poured me mimosas at 9.30 in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning, and we sat there at their bar. They had a pop-up tent. This is the coolest, like, bit of redneck engineering I've ever seen. They took a, a pop-up trailer. You know, like the two-wheel pop-up tag-along trailers? They took one of those. They built a bar around the periphery of it. They put a beer tap in it. There's a refrigerator in it, and it's their bar. Uh, when they come to the Indianapolis 500. They come every year. And so that was really cool. We got to sit there at their bar, and they made McGee a Bloody Mary. They made me a mimosa. And, uh, and they, their spirit was beautiful, man. Two years old, or I think he, they, they had one little, little tiny brand-new guy that I met uh, that morning. But 
it was babies all the way up to to Larry, who I didn't ask how old Larry was, but I know if he went to his first 500 in 1948, he ain't no spring chicken. I was concerned with you having mimosas at that point because I've seen you have to have cold beer early in the morning for, for work purposes. Uh, I was just worried that that might have put you a little off kilter. No, man, it just put me right in the wheelhouse. Uh, okay. It put me right in the wheelhouse. And the cool, the funny part about it all to me is the fact that we we do that on that television program, and we know that the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference is watching the show. He's the biggest fan of the show. I was tw- I, me and him were tweeting at each other during it. <laughs> and so, the you know, it's just uh, it blows our minds that we can be at all these events. And like, I mean, Formula One in Miami, Indianapolis Five Hundred. You, I mean, it's just really cool that we can be at all these events and and represent the SEC that way, and that he's thrilled that we do that. Did you see where he wants you to go to next? Monaco Grand Prix? No, no, no. That was where? what I that was what I said is going to be your pick. He wants you to go to do a show at Eldora Speedway. Oh yeah, we. I'm sure we could do that. That's where he. That's where I, the commissioner wants you to go. I don't think there's any debating that we could do that. I think uh, I think he wants you to do that just so that he can then go i think that's what it's well he doesn't have to worry about that either we we know some people we could hook him up um that dude love greg sankey is the biggest dirt racing fan i know i mean he that guy he grew up in upstate new york loving big block modifieds and dirt modifieds and whatnot out there in uh i think it's oswego i want to say speedway going to as a kid going going to that racetrack as a kid and he loves loves dirt track racing in fact when when uh the dirt modifieds were here at charlotte in charlotte i think it was last fall uh sankey hit us up we connected him with marcus smith and the folks out at charlotte motor speedway and their dirt track and commissioner sankey got a ride along in one of the dirt modifieds and i think it was the greatest moment of his life except for when like alabama beats ohio state and he can talk trash to travis he loves to talk trash. So, so what are the chances you get a sit-down interview with Sankey and the two of you share a mimosa or get Sankey to sip on a Bloody Mary? I would say that. That would be some. I would say that's probably a very small percentage chance, Wesley. Uh, it's worth a shot. It's worth a shot. I mean, what all they can say is no. It's a story. That's, a sto- like, that's Travis's entire life mantra, and it's universal across whatever. I mean, if he goes down to the Miranda Lambert's bar and – Ask one of them girls wearing a pink cowboy hat to dance. All she can say is yes or no. If he's uh, trying to get Matthew McConaughey on the Marty Smith podcast and they reach out all the hell, all they can say is no. And actually worse is uh, no is not the worst thing that can happen. Them not responding is the worst. Oh, so yeah, no man, is still, a, mm, you know, for a guest request, no is to me is like a maybe because now you've responded. And now I know this email is active and you respond to it. So in two months, I'll hit you up. <laughs> yeah. Travis is kind of like a gnat. You know how you just like, <laughs> you just swat them away, but man, they just keep on hanging around. Put that on your LinkedIn, Travis. <laughs> Speaking of. Like a gnat. That's why I love the guy. I mean, he, of, has, uh, he has been fearless throughout our relationship in going after anybody. I'll send him random texts. Like the one that really stands out to me the most is Ken Burns, the famous documentarian i had been watching the country music ken burns documentary and i hit up travis and i'm like dude get us ken burns 
guess what? Next thing you know, we're interviewing Ken Burns, and when we had Marty Smith America at ESPN, that that may be our mo- one of. It was definitely one of our most memorable. We're gonna ha- uh, we're gonna have a guest on in a couple months that uh, I've been working on trying to get this person for a couple years now. Well, and things just haven't been able to work out. So do I know who that is? And you're and it's escaping me right now, or uh, is this you, a surprise? I don't. I feel like I told you. Skrillex? No. Dead Though, mouse? You you have told me to get Marshmallow. I've been trying to get oh, that yeah. one. Oh, yeah. Where's he at? <laughs> I'm working on that one. Um, <laughs> but speaking of uh, lakes and stuff, Wes, you were at the lake this weekend, weren't you? Yeah, I was at the lake, bro, and uh, I kept the SPF on me. I what didn't lake? I burnt like you. Lake Oconee. Okay. You ever heard of it? Yeah, of course I've, I've heard of it. Tell me about it. What What's cool about Lake Oconee, other than that it's lake life, which is cool all the time? Uh, it's just, it's big. It's a big lake. Um, a lot of community, just a big community feel. Uh, it's got a great Publix and a Dairy Queen. Sweet. Right up the road. <laughs> I mean, it's got a Waffle House. It has, like, all the amenities you want on dry land. It's not in any kind of, like, food desert. When you get off, you don't know what, what to do, where to go. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's just a good, it's got some good vibes all the way around. So do you camp um, or do you, do you just go there up for the day and then go back or? No, we got a, uh, we have some family with a house okay. up there. So, so yeah. Um, but they're right on the lake. So get to, uh, live the lake life and the AC life and the, and sit on the couch and take a nap while you watch races all Sunday life. When so, you go to Dairy Queen, what do you get? Uh, I'm a Reese's Blizzard guy. Just nice, nice and simple. I don't mess around with any of the extra accoutrement, the fudge. I don't say? really dabble with all that. What? What'd you just say? I think I. It was the Swedish word for cold beer. Okay. <laughs> cold I think ooh. you meant to say accoutrements, but you did it. Cool. Ooh. Uh, yeah, that's what I get. What about you? I do the same. Uh, the Reese Cup Blizzard is the greatest dessert in the world. It is the it is undefeated. It cannot be even remotely rivaled. But if you if you're like Travis and you've been at the Miranda Lambert Bar and you're a little bit tuned up, you might get Travis put, probably gets like gummy worms in his get blizzard. aggressive and like put, one of those not weird. Only, it's not just a Reese Cup. It's a Reese Cup plus Reese Pieces Blizzard. Oh. I mean that is undefeated man no see i go with either just the oreo or like a chocolate chip cookie dough how do y'all say reesey pieces reesey's pieces reese's pieces you say reese's pieces reese's pieces we don't rhymes where i grew up now this has been a i've had this conversation with my beautiful wife before all right when i say that s off don't you when i say reesey pieces people are like what's that and where I grew up, that's what we called them. They're like they're not Reese's pieces; they're Reese pieces. Reese. <laughs> the e on the end of Reese is silent. Reese pieces, not Reese. They're Reese cups. They're not Reese Reese cups. They're Reese cups. Why don't you call them Reese <laughs> Reese cups? They're not Reese cups. Reese Davis cups. <laughs> Pokey Reese cups. <laughs> Who is po- uh, what? Uh, he's baseball a baseball player. player. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember. I remember Pokey. What but, position did Pokey uh, play? Uh, second. Second base? For the Reds. What check. number was Pokey? Was he number was, seven? I was going to say like 12. I don't think he was number seven. 
Look that up, Travis. Let's see. Seven. Here. Number was seven. Was he really seven? Uh, I don't know. No. I'm was he really? F- There's no way. No, it looks like three. Number yeah, three. three. That, that, that's a very. That's a. That's a good pokey number. Three. That's a good one. Three's I a good seven. number. I pulled seven out of nowhere. Just made it up. But I wasn't too. I wasn't too far off. I knew that he was a single digit guy. If your name's Pokey Reese, you're definitely a single digit guy. Did y'all have a Gumby's Pizza anywhere near you growing up? Uh, I know about Gumby's Pizza, but I don't. I don't think we had one. We might have had one in Blacksburg, but that made. Yeah. Yeah, they, they had pokey, pokey sticks. sticks. Yes. What are pokey sticks? Like bread sticks. It's like melted cheese bread yeah. sticks. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Are they good, yeah, Travis? I don't it sounds they're... like they're delicious. Oh, well, I I mean, I've never had them sober, so for all I know, they're trash, but you know. I think they're I think they're pretty pretty legit, but uh we don't have the gumbies in Athens anymore, but um everyone listening that knows about gumbies and pokey sticks. They know what I'm talking what's about. What's the best pizza y'all have ever had? Mm. Buck, Buckeye slices down there at... Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> there was a place called... The Brutus. Catfish Biffs down in college, which was good, but I'd have to say... Catfish Biffs. Catfish Biffs is the name of an establishment? Yeah. How's that um, compared to the Miranda <laughs> Lambert's bar? <laughs> I've actually never eaten food at Miranda Lambert's. Mm. Um, strictly uh, liquid diet there. Yep, two hundred thirty dollars um, no, worth of fireball. No, I, see, I didn't. Oh, I didn't rack up a barbell there. Really, I don't think I even. I might have bought one drink at Miranda's. Everyone else was. At oh, that you point. said Old Smoky was where you're two hundred. Yeah, Old Smoky got a lot of my money. Um, back to the pizza though. Up in Connecticut, uh, Pepe's Pizza in New Haven. All right, Pepe's gets a vote. Wesley, what say you? Oh gosh, best pizza ever! Yeah, like that you've ever had. I mean, you, you, it might be Papa John's. I like Papa John's. Papa John's is good. Not, Not my answer, Domino. but it's good. I'd go Domino's over Papa John's. Mm. What? Yeah, I'm a Travis. Domino's guy over Papa John's. Travis, what about pizza? What about the Hut? Well, I grew up with the Hut. Like, dude, the, the old had, school Hut with the buffet. I think old school Hut might really be my best pizza. Like, I'm not. They changed it up. They changed the formula. Old School Hut was the bomb, and on a lot of levels for me, because in Parisburg, we had Hardee's, Dairy Queen, Tasty Freeze, and Pizza Hut. That's what we had. Was the Tasty Freeze like a mom-and-pop owned? Tasty Freeze was a chain, but it might have been a regional chain. Okay. It was like a knockoff Dairy Queen kind of deal. But it was cool, man, because they had the coolest jukebox in the Tasty Freeze. And they had all, like, old school. They had Waylon and Willie and Cash, and you'd get a quarter from Mom, and you'd go over and put your quarter in, and you could actually see the record. And it, it was just the neatest thing. But the Pizza Hut was an experience. And we did not – we didn't get to have Pizza Hut very often when I was real young, but as I aged and got into high school – we had Pizza Hut every Sunday, and we would, we would order the hut. Mama and I would go pick up the hut, and we'd come back, and we'd watch NFL football as a family eating the hut. Now, Pizza Hut was the gathering place on Friday nights after Spartan football games. And the, I, to this day, my wife laughs her tail off. We, in my, in my summer place, 
we have this old school, old school ceiling fan. And the ceiling fan has stained glass around the, the light fixture of the ceiling fan. Like the motor. And I will not get – it doesn't match anything in our home. Nothing. But I will not let anyone get rid of it because it's like the Pizza Hut light. Do you remember the, the yes. stained glass lights that hung over the Pizza yes. Hut booths? Over like the booths and the salad stuff. I want to put one right here. I, I need a Pizza Hut light like hanging right there. We, and we also need to get you then the Pizza Hut cups. You know oh, the big about? red oh, Pizza Hut cups? Those red, those red cups. I love Pizza those. Hut, man. It's, uh, you know, it's like Chief saying, and give me back my hometown. I get together at the Pizza Hut. The Pizza Hut. At the Pizza Hut. Well, that's another thing, Wes. That's a whole other discussion. Another thing I discussed with my wife is that Southern people, everything is the. <laughs> down there at the Walmart. Down there at the Pizza Hut. Over there at the Hardest. Yep. Down there at the car dealership. Like, you know. So your, your, your uh, S that you lose on the end of Reese, you put it somewhere else, though. Yeah. You would, you would tack that S on the end of the Kroger's. It's like Redneck Wordle. It's a trans, transitive S. Wes, you add S's to a lot of words, too, I've noticed after uh, editing uh, podcasts now for a few like months. Like what, Travis? Uh, I forget. There's been a few words that I was actually mad that I was going to start to actually grab them and save them. I forgot to get a couple, but Wes adds some <laughs> S's a lot of times. Oh, man. I didn't even. Listen, didn't I'm, even I'm the king recognize. of like finding your like verbal crutches. Okay. Um, you have to point one to out when he does it because I don't know that. I will. Like I a. Like, go up to the waffle. God, what would I say? Go up to the. Like, working on like Mike and Mike, there was words that, like, I knew that they were going to say. Like, I could, like, finish their sentences just because, like, you work on a show for so long, you know their cadence and words that they're going to use at the end of it. Back to the pizza, though. <laughs> did either of you have uh, a reading program where, if, like, you read a book or whatever, they gave you got a free personal pan pizza from the Pizza Hut? Of course. Oh, I yeah, was we had an accelerated. We had accelerated readers. Yes, me too. I don't know. I don't. I, I mean, don't you want to talk part. about getting a kid, motivating a kid to read a book? Offer him a free personal pan pizza. That book will get read. I promise. Personal you. pan pizzas were the business, dude. That that crust oh. on the on the pan Pizza Hut pan pizza. That Marty's crust. eyes just opened up so wide. Dude. He just he went back in time just it, then. He went on a trip. I, my daddy loved sausage and pepperoni, Ooh, that's meat good. lovers or whatever it was, remember? And I just, I can remember so distinctly sitting there watching like whatever it is, right? And we're sitting there gnawing on our, only time we ever got to eat on the couch, which was like forbidden in my house, but on when we're watching football, we could do it. And so I'm sitting there, I got a Coke, because another great thing about Pizza Hut back in the day, you didn't just get – you they had like two liters for 70 cent or something. So, oh, yeah, there, I, I got rid of that S, too. We just eliminated <laughs> that S, too. In the country, it's, it's 70 somewhere. cent. It's going somewhere else. I, I, I'm actually realizing in real time that we truly do have our own language down there, down here. Anyway, um, oh, another aside, squirrel. Patrick thought the funniest thing he's heard was when uh, I had to admit that Travis was right, that I went due west to Tulsa, Oklahoma from Charlotte. It pissed me off. Well, you knew it was west. Well, I knew we it was west, it but was... I thought it was way, I thought it was south <laughs> yeah, west. Was... Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. going down there to Tulsa <laughs> was accurate. I made sure to tweet that video out from your account. Oh, you, thanks. Appreciate that. 
You're it pained right. me so deeply sh- to have to you admit you You should report right. that, Marty. You got hacked. You got hacked by <laughs> yeah. Travis. I forget what I was talking about. Pan pizza? Oh, yeah. two liters? Oh, with yeah, your 77? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, daddy. So, we'd be sitting there watching the game, and, you know, Giants, Cowboys. And my dad would have his pan pizza, and we'd have that Coca-Cola <laughs> that we got in the two liter. And then he would just sit there and, like, be so contented when he fired up his Marlboro light and just sat there. I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome, man. And it's funny to me. I, I don't know if I mentioned this last week. I meant to. I still can't believe the fact that I sat there right by my old man. and he, like, Just, he just getting that secondhand Yeah, dude, just burn it. I mean, it was lungdart.com at 603. I shouldn't even say my, my – I, I still own the house. I shouldn't say the address of my childhood home. So, as much as I love the – nostalgia of pizza hut and and we're big papa john's people here in smith house because my kids love it the best pizza that i've had is manco and manco pizza on the boardwalk in ocean city new jersey i knew it was gonna be it is famous it is famous pizza and it was made famous it's been around they've been around forever and ever used to be called mac and manco it's now called manco and manco and kelly ripa (laughs) do what Sounds like a law firm. <laughs> what was yours called? Were like you, concrete and sand? What was that place? No, his was called like Catfish Billy. No, yeah, my, Catfish. My answer, my answer was Pepe's, but you say, you know, if you uh, get hit by a car and you need help, call Manko and Manko. Yeah, call Manko and Manko. If you have an accident on the boardwalk, call Manko and Manko. We'll get, we'll get you uh, your settlements uh, done and a, a pizza on the side. If you're about to go meet the good Lord and it's your last <laughs> meal, call Manko and Manko. But anyway, uh, their pizza is awesome. It's like old school, thin crust, delicious beyond words. And what, what really took them to a whole other plateau was Kelly Ripa who vacations in, the, in Ocean City, or did I, at some point, if she doesn't, uh, doesn't still, uh, mentioned it on Regis and Kelly or Ryan and Kelly or whatever they're called now, Kelly and Ryan, Ripa and whatever. But <laughs> Kelly and Manko. Yeah. Uh, she mentioned the, how great the pizza was on her program, and it just went crazy. Uh, it was already renowned and award-winning and best of the shore and la la la. But Wes, what was Wes? What was yours? Pizza? Gumby's? I'm, no, Gumby's. Gumby's wasn't it. Um, no, we go to. We still go to a place called Automatic in Athens. That's just consistently the best uh, slices. Ironically, how about this for some irony? Miranda Lambert has a song called Automatic. It's all come full circle, gentlemen. It's come full circle. Time is a flat circle, my friends. I mean, when it comes to when it comes to automatic, we got uh, Wesley eating slices like the devoted father and husband he is, and her Travis, margaritas are automatic there. Yeah, right. um, Travis is. Uh, so your your law your attorneys and pizza <laughs> idea. I drove past the place in Athens that was barber and realty. So that's wow. an an unlikely. They do it all there. No, they cut your hair and sell you a house. Dude, you know which one is the best. I wish I knew all the things that it has, Marty. Though it's in Augusta, Georgia, that place where right when we take a right, it's like five different companies in one building. <laughs> I can't think. They have well, like lotto the... tickets, and there's like a like oh, a, the, yes, a yeah. There's a lot going on there. 
Yes, yeah, so there's a whole lot on. going on right there. And Taxi by the way, we take beauty. by the way we take a left. No, you we must have been a, you no. must have been distracted by my windshield wipers no, at that. We moment. take a right. I will bet you my life on it. We take a we right. Do not take a right. You want to bet on this? How many times have you ever driven us to the golf course? Uh, a couple. No, that's a ball. That's a ball face lie. Not if you're ever. I'm the driver to the phone. golf course. Don't even know how to get there. Hold on. Speaking of golf, that's another thing I want to discuss. Okay. Sam Burns. Sam Burns won the golf tournament this weekend. Okay. Hold on. I no got a relation to up. Ken. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, no. It, I mean, we really are. We got a. We have a very. Uh, we got a lot of synergy on this television program today. All right. Sam Burns wins the Charles Schwab Challenge, okay? In dramatic fashion, sinks a putt on 18. He gets a fabulous plaid jacket, a big old trophy. But those pale in comparison to the fact that by winning the golf tournament, this dude won a 79 Firebird. And it is Carolina blue. It's like steel blue. It has gorgeous rims on it. I can't I, – I, I, I saw it on the Instagram machine, and all I could write back to the post was, wait, what? <laughs> I mean, look at that thing. You kidding me? I mean, it's beautiful. Sam Burns is rolling on dubs. Well, that's what – I just found out this weekend that whoever – when if you win the Indy 500, you get the pace car from that year For to sure. keep. Yeah. That's oh, awesome. Wow. It is awesome. Everything about the Indy 500 is awesome. Did y'all see the guy at uh, the PGA that was standing and photobombing Tiger Woods in that moment where everyone was holding up their cell phones and he's just standing there sipping his Mick yeah. Ultra? Yeah. Dude's the legend. Now. They're making T-shirts, he got a commercials. Out of it. Yeah, he should. I mean, that should be a lesson to us all. It's like I say about the Masters all the time. The beauty of the Masters is you can't, you're not watching the, the moment through the lens of a cell phone. You're not watching it on an iPhone screen. You're watching it with your own eyes, immersed in the same moment with the people that you're at the tournament with. And there is so much beauty in that, especially today with so much distraction. And the fact that, like, I think that's, I already thought it was the coolest photo ever. Like, just such a neat photograph because everybody's, have y'all ever seen the season finale in 2018 when Tiger Woods is about to win Atlanta? Mm-hmm. There are hundreds of phones <clears throat> in the air. And then you juxtapose that with the 18th at Augusta National in 2019, just a few months later. And no cell phones. I love everything about that today when I'm battling my kids all the time about screen time, when I'm as guilty as anybody where my wife will be in conversation with me trying to tell me something and I'm texting somebody or I'm doing that and I completely miss the entire sentence. And I hate everything about that. It's like, I love this Thomas Rhett song country again. There's, there's this great line. There's a lot of great lines in that song, but one of the great lines in that song is that, you know, even though you're there, you're not even really home because you're just distracted by either the next event or these stupid things or whatever, you know, your phone. And I try really hard not to be, but sometimes it happens. 
And that's why I love the concept of that guy living in that moment. Like, I actually get to watch Tiger Woods right now, and I'm this close to Tiger Woods, the greatest ever. I'm going to live this moment, just me and my Mick Ultra. I, uh, I saw a TikTok video. I don't know when this was, but Chris Martin of Coldplay, um, after one of his songs, he you know said, I'd like for this next song, if we all could just put your phone down, and we want to just see awesome. you with, with your, your faces and the phone down for this one song. After that, bring them out, photos, whatever you want. And so I thought that was cool that he just asked the crowd, like, can we, can we just get this one moment? It's, it's for us just as much as for you. Like, we want to see you guys engaging with us. And I thought that That's was really cool. a cool uh, request. Yeah, it's, it's, I love that, too, because it's not, it's not an overstep by any stretch it's just hey we're here together in this moment in this fellowship all moving in the same direction with the same beautiful energy so for four and a half minutes let's all enjoy this together that way i think Mm -hmm. that's a really good idea find out what song it was that's neat i'll look it up that's Um, really cool so i text you guys when i was coming in today that i had a take about monaco monaco grand prix was this weekend it's the you know, it goes Monaco Grand Prix, Indy 500, Coca-Cola 600. And I feel like Monaco Grand Prix for someone like me is kind of how like a ACC or SEC fan looks at the Rose Bowl. It's beautiful. They understand the pageantry, but SEC fans are probably mad that it messes up the CFP and everything. And new F1 fans don't like Monaco because it's a boring race. And yes, it's cool and has this pageantry, but I'm ready for changes to be made with it. Uh, okay. I go back to when NASCAR moved the Southern 500 from Darlington, South Carolina, in favor of Fontana, California. They did that in a moment when the sport was exploding and the opportunity to grow and reach and find new fans overwhelmed the appreciation for history and it was a terrible decision and nascar will tell you that now it was not a good decision in the broader scope of what the sport is and the same applies to monaco in formula one it is an institution and it is an institution on memorial day weekend and i don't if new fans for a formula one don't like it uh, go, go do a little studying because it's if it, it, again they, I say this all the time there are certain events that transcend the sport Monaco transcends Formula One it is an institution and d- be careful what you wish for man all the new and all the growth and all uh, like Formula One is king right now in the United States of America because of Drive to Survive and the amazing job that the people at Netflix did on that medium, it was the perfect storm. All of us were in quarantine during COVID. We were binge-watching everything from Tiger King to Ozark, and everybody got on the Drive to Survive bandwagon. Rightfully so. It's a brilliant program. So now there's all of these new fans who like, feel like they have a voice. And, like, I just – I feel like you got to be really careful because NASCAR is the perfect example. NASCAR was in a moment 
back in 2002-3-4 when they were doing insane television ratings. The sport was growing exponentially. They're going to new markets. They're talking about building tracks in Staten Island and Seattle, Washington, and heaven knows where else. They're taking the Southern 500 and moving it to California. The Darlington Raceway is the NASCAR Museum. Darlington Raceway is amazing. It, is there amenities? Is there uh, No. But if you go talk to racers, they want to win Darlington, South Carolina because it's a freaking racers racetrack. You got to beat the racetrack. They didn't move the race. They moved it for money and things like that. I'm saying Monaco needs to be changed because the racing itself like before the race, Max. So was you like, okay? But it's okay, one, it's Mr. One, new F1 one fan. Track. It's one. Max track. Verstappen. Max Verstappen won the Miami Grand Prix by like ten seconds. That was really freaking interesting. I would say they like, need. What to, are like, you talking about? I don't. There's like no overtaking at Monaco. Max even said before the race, he's like the, the cars are just too big, and the yeah. Like, well, Max turns loves to one, complain. Max will there's complain. There's only one DRS and, zone. Like, there's just no overtaking in. The, like, I, 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 look, man, that 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 doesn't hold any water with me whatsoever. None, because all we did, all we've done, is laud the Miami Grand Prix, and I'm I'm in there too. I was there. I actually went. I saw what they did. Tom Garfinkel, Tyler Epp, everybody involved down there did a phenomenal job. But don't tell me that when you watched that race on Sunday morning that you were enthralled with all the competition because Max made a pass on what third, fourth lap, whatever it was, and was gone. And all of us went to sleep. Yeah, and I, that's why I would make changes to that track in Miami if they race it again. For the record, uh, pro Rose Bowl SEC guy over here. Don't, Are you? Don't, don't mess with the tradition. Well, one of Wes's finest hours was yeah, in the uh, Rose Bowl. Say wedding day. Uh, becoming a dad, national championship, Rose Bowl. Yeah, so it's in your top five of the greatest moments of your life was the Georgia Bulldogs beating Baker Mayfield in the Oklahoma City. Pasadena. But I think a lot of people have issues with the Rose Bowl saying we're not moving off of that 5 p.m. time on January 1 and screwing things up. You know, that was my. That's why everyone in that college football playoff committee makes a lot of money and has their names attached to one of the greatest sports on earth. Figure it out. It's well, like Marty at SEC spring meetings. Is there an S on the end of that one? They got a lot of yes. they got they got a lot of big problems to figure out too. But uh they're making a whole lot of money as well. Go figure it out. Yeah, it is currently nine eleven in the morning Eastern and my flight to the SEC meetings is rapidly approaching. So, I got to go. Uh, have we been talking for an hour already? That's why I brought that up. I didn't want you to miss your flight, man. Thank you, Wesley. Someone's got to keep this show on the rails. How long? We, we've been talking for an hour, haven't we, Travis? Yeah. That's unbelievable. The time doesn't lie. Boys, I appreciate the fellowship. That was a great show. I don't know what in the world we discussed. I know we discussed Pizza Hut, Reese's Pieces. Uh... Various southern words. Oh, for that, the uh, one last thing before we leave, I googled the, the the our map, our route from our hotel to Augusta, and it's definitely not a left; it's a right. I'll leave you with that. I'm right. You're again. wrong. You're. I'm getting tired of this map stuff, Travis. 
He fed can up. think he's he's wrong. I mean, I I don't know. The, the man needs a. I think you might still be drunk on the old Smokey. Anyway, that could be true. have an amazing week, y'all. Thank you for being a part of this. Um, really appreciate our law enforcement officials all over the country working hard to keep our communities safe. First responders, firemen, certainly the United States military. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. We're so grateful to be free. Y'all have a great week, boys. Uh, I'll report back from the SEC meetings. It's going to be interesting. Get you a uh, Merlin's pizza in Destin. No. (laughs) 